Greetings, and welcome to episode 23 of Ending the Sexual Dark Age. I'm J.V. Altharos, and this week we've got some fun listener mail items. First up is Kirsten, who writes, I'm a 37-year-old female. I have always had a high sex drive, but it seems lately it's an overdrive. Is this normal? I'm almost always wet and throbbing. I'm wanting things done to me that I never wanted before, and my husband of 21 years isn't complaining, but he doesn't understand why I want rougher sex now. I figure I'm just bored with the same old, same old. He isn't into kink, doesn't like pain, and I have never wanted it before either, but now I'm so confused. Thanks for having a place that I can come to and not feel like a perverted mom. Neither one of us has ever been with another. We normally had sex two to three times a week. Now I want it every day, sometimes twice a day. I think I'm tiring him out, the poor guy. I am taking your advice and masturbating every day, for the health of my cervix, of course. Yesterday I told him that I wanted him to pinch and pull on my nipples and that I liked the way it felt. He did it, but wanted to know why I wanted and liked it. I just told him that it felt good to me. I also told him I wanted him to tie me up sometime. It is strange that it's so hard to tell someone who knows you inside and out that you want to try new things. I'm working on being more open with what I want. I was giving him a really awesome blowjob, homework. I had music on, candles, really was into it. By the way, I love giving head. His nipples were so hard, I nibbled on one, and he hated it. So I figure if he can't feel pleasure from pain, maybe he will have a hard time understanding why I want it. Thanks for your help. First off, Kirsten, it's nice to hear that your homework is helping out all the way around. You've got a few questions in there, and I'll try to hit each one of them. As far as your sex drive going into overdrive, that's perfectly natural. Hormonal changes bring many women to a sexual peak in their late 30s, and increased sex drive can also result from lifestyle changes. I also want to note that the term sexual peak can be kind of misleading. For plenty of women, it's an increase in sex drive that can last for many years. Being wet and throbbing all the time is a good thing. And I know Shara will have plenty to say on that later, considering that's the status of her pussy pretty much 24 hours a day. As far as wanting to try new things, that's also perfectly natural, especially with a newly supercharged sex drive. Our sexuality evolves as we go through life. We develop new fantasies that we want to explore, and if we try new things, we're bound to like some of them. When you explore, your sexuality reorganizes itself constantly around the new experiences, and you quite naturally want more of the stuff that you like. Exploring kinky play involving whatever amount of pain or bondage or anything else you crave is a perfectly natural and healthy expression of your sexuality. And there's nothing wrong with getting bored of the same old, same old. I've said many times that it's not only predictable, but inevitable without exploring since there are only so many ways to insert tab A into slot B. It's worth mentioning that I've known a tremendous number of women who wanted their sex rougher than what they were getting, at least some of the time. There's an animalistic passion inherent in rough sex that just cannot be duplicated otherwise. Overall, it sounds like you're on a really good path already, and you should be encouraged by that. You're getting yourself off every day to keep your needs met, even on days your man isn't up for the task, and most importantly, you're communicating with him. Even though he isn't to the point yet where he understands why you're getting into pain these days, he's right there giving you what you're asking for and trying to understand. Sounds like he's open and has a real desire to please you, which means he'll continue to be a great playmate for the kinky road ahead. The fact that it's hard for you to express your new desires, but you're still doing it anyway, means you're on a path that's very likely to work out well for you over the long haul. Take heart in the fact that at this point, you're doing everything right. You expressed a concern that your man might never be able to understand why you like pain since he's not into it himself. That is nothing to worry about at all. It's okay if he isn't into pain for himself, and arguably it might be a good thing for you since you're transitioning into sexual territory that normally involves a top and a bottom. 
His failure to process pain into pleasure just means he's not a masochist, not that he won't be able to understand why you enjoy it. Men in Western society, quite righteously and appropriately, have it drilled into us that hitting women is wrong. That's a really positive aspect of Western civilization. Men who beat women are pathetic pieces of shit who should be punched in the balls every morning. But in the sexual dark age, guys aren't taught to understand the difference between abuse and the use of pain as a tool of pleasure. It's one of the many missing chapters in sex education. Most guys are willing and able to step up once they can separate the two mentally, and that happens through experience. Once they see pain giving you pleasure over and over again, the circuit closes and it starts to make sense in their brains. As far as helping him understand why you're getting into pain, that's a big fat opportunity for the both of you. The why aspect is complicated and really subjective. You don't understand why yourself at this point, and if you don't understand, you can't be expected to explain it. That's okay, though, because the why is totally academic. Maybe you'll understand one day, maybe you won't, but it really doesn't matter. Tell him you totally don't understand why, but you wish you did, and you need him to help you figure it out. Frame it as a new adventure that you want him to join you on, and this can be the beginning of an entirely new evolution in sexuality for both of you. He's a guy. He's genetically programmed to want to please his woman. For a guy, once he can get over whatever mysterious discomfort the sexual dark age may have inflicted on him regarding the combination of pain and sex, the fact that you're getting off on it can become explanation enough. He just needs to train his brain to understand that pain is good sometimes. I'd also suggest sitting or laying down with him to listen to episodes 17 and 19, then having a nice naked time conversation about his thoughts on those episodes. It'll help give him a foundation to understand kinky play in general and some of the psychology involved, as well as giving you both a common ground for communicating as you start to explore. I'm glad we were able to provide a refuge for you so that you don't have to feel like a perverted mom and someplace and some people you can open up to. But I would like you to consider something for me. There's nothing wrong with being a perverted mom. The vast majority of married guys wish their wife was more willing to get nasty. I promise you, a whole bunch of married guys in the audience are jealous of your man right now. And that you can take to the bank. Next up, we have an anonymous female listener who's had bad experience with Monster Cock. She's looking for some help buffing up her new man's opinion of himself. She writes, My ex has the biggest dick I've ever had in my life. It was too big. We were unable to do different positions because of the pain. Missionary gets real old real fast. It hurt me so much that I literally stopped having sex with him. I would always feel bruised on the inside. He definitely is one that was meant for porn. He was probably a good 9 to 10 inches long, not to mention he had girth the size of my wrist. Now I have a boyfriend that's probably 6 inches, the best sex I ever had. I'm going to have my boyfriend listen to episode 2. He mentions him having a small dick in a joking manner. Sometimes I don't know how to respond to that. Do I laugh, roll my eyes like he's crazy? Maybe this will help him with his cock insecurities. First anonymous lady, I can say that getting him to listen to episode 2 will definitely help. I've gotten some amazing private feedback from guys regarding that show. In fact, it's the most downloaded episode in the history of this podcast and continues to be one of the most popular downloads in the back catalog month after month. Our cultural mythologization of cock size makes most guys feel like bigger is always better so their cocks must be too small no matter what. And your past experience highlights one of the central points in that Size Matters episode. Too big sucks, and the definition of too big varies a lot from one woman to the next. Your question on how to help him feel better about his tool is something I probably should have covered in episode 2, but that's one of the reasons we do listener mail in the first place. 
I can tell you that if your guy is self-deprecating about the size of his cock, it's a clear indication that he thinks it's too small. You're not imagining it. Meanwhile, you've got the best fuck of your life. Luckily, there's plenty you can do about it. Before I get to that, I'll cover what not to do for you and the other girls out there with the same issue. I guess we'll need a name for this condition. People who think they're sick all the time when they're not are called hypochondriacs. So I think we'll start calling guys who are needlessly concerned about the size of their dicks, willy-chondriacs. Laughing when a guy is joking about the size of his dick is not helpful. Ever. You might think he'll take it as you laughing because he's being ridiculous, but he's already a willy-chondriac. So he's predisposed to look at anything involving the size of his cock in a negative light. Same thing for rolling your eyes. Either will end up being seen as you agreeing with him but being afraid to say it out loud. Deflecting, basically. Also, do not tell a guy he's got a big dick when he doesn't. He knows he doesn't. Guys with big dicks spend their whole lives seeing that adorable, wide-eyed, lip-licking expression on women's faces when they whip it out for the first time. Hell, if it's big enough, like your ex was, they see an expression of pure terror while the woman's thinking, You want to put that where? Women who bullshit averagely hung guys about being monsters just contribute to the problem because the guys know they're lying and just turn into bigger willy-chondriacs. You don't want to tell him it's big enough or it's a good size. A willy-chondriac will translate that into reinforcement that his dick is small. So here's your program to get your guy feeling better about his tool if you're having fantastic sex with a cock that's perfect for you, but your guy just doesn't get it. Step 1. Get him to listen to Episode 2, preferably with you. 2. Wait for the next time he's self-deprecating about his cock size and say the following word for word. In fact, practice it in front of a mirror so you can deliver it with confidence. You're the best fuck I've ever had, and one of the big reasons for that is that your cock fits my pussy perfectly. Anything bigger hurts. Plus 10 best girlfriend ever points for saying it in front of one or more other people. Also, have another reason ready just in case he asks why else he's the best fuck you've ever had. Next up we have Bob, who's got a few sort of complicated questions that require some kind of complicated answers. Bob writes, I've been a dom for a few years now, but I've had several really bad experiences with the kinky girls I've gone out with. A while back, I made a choice between two girls I was dating. One was a BDSM queen who would meet me at the door on her knees with her hair pulled back. The other is an extremely nice, emotionally healthy chick with an absolutely rockin' body. I chose the latter, and for the first time in my life, I think I've found a girl who isn't an emotional basket case and also shares my interests outside the bedroom. She's sexy and she's giving in bed. She'll pretty much try whatever I ask and do whatever I tell her to do. I really believe she'd happily do pretty much whatever it takes to meet my sexual needs. What's not to love? Here's the problem. As far as I can tell, she really doesn't have a kinky side hiding down underneath that awesome exterior. Sure, she will do whatever, but only with prompting. She just doesn't have that side that a lot of chicks have, the side that would secretly love to be slapped and called a slut and let around on a leash. I think I could get her to do those things, but because I don't sense her asking for more when I push those boundaries, I don't go there. Because she's a sweet girl and I don't really see the need to get her to do all sorts of sick stuff if she doesn't want it. I'm realizing something perplexing in all this. That is, the thing that turns me on about kink is not necessarily the specific act, but knowing that the other player wants it. Even if I can make her do pervy stuff, if she's not into it, I'm not really into it either. There's a possibility here, that is, that I introduce these things, she realizes she likes them, and then she gets into it. The problem is, if I don't sense a solid desire for a certain thing, I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to trying to make a girl do them. I get all tentative, and who the fuck wants a tentative dominant? 
For example, I just can't make myself train this girl to swallow cum. I cannot say the words. Can't fucking do it. So now for my actual questions. Can non-kinky people be turned into kinky people? I've helped lots of girls find their kinky side, but I've never actually helped anyone create a kinky side. How the heck can I be more sexually assertive, even when I'm not sure how it's going to go over? I need to stop being such a pussy. Finally, how can I fool my brain into believing this girl is a dirty little slut when right now, no matter what I have her doing, my brain tells me she's a nice girl? I have to get past this nice girl thing ASAP, otherwise I'm never going to be able to fuck her like I want to. I know this happens to a lot of married guys who end up fucking some other chick when they could just as easily have been fucking their wives like that if they could just view them differently. What the hell is my problem? Health. Well, Bob, we are definitely here to help, and I'm going to hit your questions one at a time. I want to let the audience know that Bob and I exchanged several emails, so I've got quite a bit more background than I was able to share while still keeping him anonymous. First question, can non-kinky people be turned into kinky people? It is my considered opinion that there is no such thing as a non-kinky person when it comes right down to it. My sexual resume doesn't get into rock star numbers or anything, but I have to believe that mathematically I would have found at least one by now if there were a notable number of them out there. Certainly there's a matter of degrees. Some people don't want any more than a little slap and tickle. Some people like to be told what to do without all the trappings of bondage and discipline. The vast majority of my playmates were either totally vanilla or mostly vanilla when I got a hold of them. I've had playmates that were really bashful or embarrassed or ashamed about getting a little freaky, and some that didn't realize they were kinky at all until I just took them somewhere new one night. Sometimes I had to try a few times before I found any of the right buttons to push. But a woman who truly doesn't want anything more than plain vanilla hide the sausage? Once she has the option for more, I've never met one. So, Bob, my answer to your first question would be that we're all kinky people. But sometimes it can be a whole lot harder to find the right buttons to push or even find the control panel. I think that's probably what you've got going on here. Because a woman totally willing to go along with literally whatever you want to do to her sexually is a natural submissive. No two ways about it. My kinky sense is tingling. Your next step about how to stop being a pussy requires a long-winded answer. So hang with me here. It sounds to me, and this is a good thing for you, you might be at the beginning of a more stable, complex dom-sub dynamic than what you find with the intense but insane submissives you've had in the past. From what you've said about your former kinky playmates, I think this might be the first naturally submissive woman you've gotten your hands on. For plenty of people who identify as kinksters, the intense kinky sex is the payoff. Taking the dominant and submissive role is something of a means to that end, a part of the game, if you will. That's one way to do it, and happens to be the way many folks fold kinky play into their sexuality. For a naturally submissive person, the payoff is in the submission and not in the kink. They take pleasure from the knowledge that they're satisfying their playmate and tend to be open-minded regarding the how. With a natural sub, the kinky sex is more the means than the end. The payoff is the more abstract concept of pleasing you by whatever means are necessary. And if that requires hanging upside down while wearing a rubber suit, then so be it. This probably sounds familiar because it's the flip side of the coin on how you describe yourself. You're a natural dominant. Taking control and using it to make your submissive do slutty things that she likes is where you find the thrill. The kinky sex loses its shine unless you know she's into what you're doing too. And that's what you're not seeing right now. I'm going to recklessly speculate that at the moment, you're locked in basically a stalemate, in which both of you are holding back a little, looking for the approval of the other. 
Someone's got to break the tie, and as the dom, that job falls to you. To draw the kink out of a natural submissive, you've got to revise your game as a dominant. You need to get sneakier and a lot more perceptive. It's almost like graduating to a more intellectually demanding level of play, where you've got to think a couple moves ahead like chess. It's a challenge, but the rewards can be amazing. Consider the possibility that her kink is pleasing her man, whatever it takes. Look at it like a full-fledged kink, as tangible and powerful as spanking, humiliation, or lots of other things are to lots of people. Consider that you may not be seeing a lot of eagerness for specific kinky acts, because it's all the same to her as long as you're happy. A natural submissive's general desire to please can be like a fucking cloaking device when it comes to figuring out how she actually likes it. The challenge becomes seeing through the cloaking device. Thankfully, there are a lot of little tricks that can help you do that, and I'm happy to share some of mine. First, I want to answer your third question. As far as getting your brain to look at her like a dirty little slut, a small perspective shift just might get the job done. Once upon a time, I was at a party with a fairly new playmate of mine who was a natural sub. She brought me a drink, and I said, thank you, slut. She was like, did you just say I'm a slut? And I said, no, I said you're my slut. She thought about it for a second, then said, oh, that's all right then. From what you've told me, your previous submissives have been wild sex machines that you had no trouble getting into treat her like a slut mode with because they flat out asked you for it. You're not seeing that wild abandon in this girl. She's not flat out asking. Thus, you're having trouble getting your head into dom space. The perspective shift I suggest is abandoning the idea of looking at her like a slut and instead seeing her as your slut. Yours to play with however you want, because being whatever you want is what she gets off on. And it's okay for her to be a nice girl, too, because she's your slut and nobody else's. The two concepts aren't mutually exclusive. They can actually be symbiotic. Your slut is just a part of this nice girl. As far as how to see through the cloaking device, as promised, I got a few tricks for you. The first is to try some beginner-level lifestyle-type rules and see how she reacts, testing the waters of actual submissiveness. For example, you could tell her that once a day, she has to randomly come up to you and whip out her tits so you can play with them. If she embraces it eagerly and has some fun with it, that's a clue that you should follow that road a little further. Upgrade it to whipping out her tits or pussy for you to play with. Her choice. This works well for everyone. She gets fondled gratuitously at a moment of her own choosing. You inject randomly appearing tits and pussy into your life, and who doesn't love randomly appearing tits and pussy? Plus, walking up to a guy and just whipping your tits out is kind of a slutty thing to do, so it will help you start seeing her as your slut. Peering through the cloaking device is a game of narrowing possibilities. Start giving her multiple choice options for some of your sex plays, so she has to participate in making decisions. A few examples. Tell her you're going to fuck her and make her pick a hole. Do this often enough and you'll find out if she really enjoys oral or anal. Call her right before you arrive and tell her to bend over on whatever horizontal surface she wants to get fucked on. Pull out three things you could spank her with and make her pick one. Better yet, and this is something I really enjoy doing to Shara, tell her she has to go into the kitchen and pick out something to be spanked with. You're a creative guy, you can come up with a million more of these on your own. The key is that whatever game of multiple choice you're playing, Make sure she knows from the outset every time that you are perfectly happy with anything on the list. You have no preference at all. So her desire to please you is immediately satisfied, and she has no reason to pick anything other than what she actually wants, or at least what she actually wants most out of that group of options. 
You retain and reinforce dominant control because you're defining the options, but at the same time you're forcing her to participate in the decision-making process in a way that will let you narrow down her real desires one step at a time. You'll also gain confidence and the sense of dominant fulfillment that you're looking for because every time you play multiple choice, you'll know she's getting something she wants. Alright, so now it's time to welcome Shara to the show. How are you doing this weekend, baby? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Master? Oh, pretty well. Good. How'd you like your sausage surprise this morning? <laughs> I loved it. Oh, already? Well, apparently. <laughs> you know the rules. You blush. I ring the bell. You know, it was pretty sad because I was reading over some of the things that you wrote, you know, that you were My speaking. notes for the show? Yes. And I actually blushed reading about the kitchen part that you brought up in one of them. That is so awesome. <laughs> I don't think so. By the way, to the many, many of you who have been writing, posting on the website, and Facebook, mm. and FetLife about how much you love knowing when Shara's blushing, thank you very much. <laughs> I'd like to say thank you very much, too, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm I'm happy if I make somebody else happy out there. Well, you make me happy. And that's all that matters. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the last topic that I discussed for the listeners. Okay. Which is Bob and his vanilla girlfriend. Yes. So do you have, you read over, you know, my notes for what I was going to talk about. What is your feedback from your perspective as both a natural submissive, which it sounds like his girl is, and uh, also as a dirty little slut? I think that what you mentioned on the show was perfect. I would say that um, maybe complimenting her on the natural submissive that she seems to be. Oh, you know what? That's actually, that's something that I kind of intended to mention, but I totally spaced out on. Uh, one of the, uh, for natural submissives and pulling the sluttiness out of natural submissives. Pulling, okay. Yes, teasing, <laughs> yanking. But to get the sluttiness out of natural submissives, one of the uh, one of the things that is not typically involved in your regular, you know, hardcore, let's fuck as hard as we can, casual kinky play, which is what it sounded like he was describing with uh, his kinky girls in the past. Mm-hmm. You almost have to look at it a little bit more from a lifestyle angle and more of an overall psychology angle. So doing things like, you know, saying good girl and seeing what kind of reaction you get out of it. They're laying together talking and, you know, he tells her she's a good girl. And, does you know, she, she blush? And you, know, you have to have that bell to ring. Does she blush? Does she <laughs> giggle? So that's the kind of thing, you know, compliments like that, the positive reinforcement um, for a natural, naturally submissive person whose main goal is to please the more positive reinforcement you can give them without going overboard, uh, I think the better off you're going to be. Uh, since I consider myself to be one of those types of people, I think that that's why I think complimenting her, that she seems to be a natural submissive, and then maybe going a step further and saying, I have a dominant side to me. Would you like to experience some of this with me? Um, you know, you brought up some very good points for him, I think, to start off with. And, well, it sounds like she's pretty much already said hey. Use me as you will. <laughs> I think so. I, I take her to be more of a natural submissive. So I think complimenting her would be, uh, it's a compliment, I think, to any female to be told that you're a natural submissive. There are some of the women out there that are much more dominant, and then there are some of us that are much more submissive. But either way, complimenting them 
on that role is a lead into playing a little bit more. Right. Well, and if if she doesn't have to already identify that way, she doesn't have to already identify as a submissive in order to appreciate that. Right. Um, And would you agree that the fact that, you know, her sexual policy is whatever you want, baby, pretty much absolutely defines her as a natural submissive? Yes, I do. Okay. And, And that's what I got out of the writing. So that's why I said complimenting her would be a start into it. And since he seems to be, I don't want to say afraid to go there, but uh, avoiding it for some reason. Well, he's, he's hesitant, hesitant because he's not seeing, he's not seeing what he has always considered to be the green light. Right. Basically. Right. But I think she's giving him the green light. And I think that uh, there's possibly that he's afraid of losing her if he starts to go there and she's not willing. But I think if you start off with, you know, I just want to compliment you on your natural submissive side and by the way, I have a dominant side to me, and would you like to test those a little bit further? And, and you gave him some great ways to test. <laughs> oh. When was the last time? The last time I sent you to the kitchen, was it for something to spank you with or something to fuck you with? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to spank me with. Okay, just checking. <laughs> need to do that again. Okay. It's one of the things I love about doing this show. It, Reminds me of all kinds of filthy shit to do to you. (laughs) Next. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have an anonymous lady who, you know who it is, but an anonymous lady who's asking for advice on how to help her man get over his willy chondria. (laughs) I like that name, by the way. Thank you. I thought that was a very good name. So, uh, yes, I want to say that uh, I've had larger and I've had... I hate to use the word smaller, but, you know. Less vast. Perfect fit. Less immense. (laughs) Bigger is not always better. (laughs) I know that on tits, it usually bigger is better for a lot of men, but. You know what? That's, that's for a lot of us kind of a myth. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I mean, we, we like to have some healthy handfuls, you know, more than a handful is wasted is not necessarily everybody's policy, but it's, it's plenty of people's policies. And, but, you know, I mean, they're most, I won't say most. There are a lot of guys who do not particularly enjoy enormous titties. Mm. The first girl I lived with had enormous titties. And, I mean, they were a novelty for a little while. But, well, I mean, that's you. I met her, crazy. didn't I? No, you never met her. Oh, I didn't meet her? No, oh. no. Okay. So, um, I met the other... The, <laughs> we won't go into it right now. But, anyway. <laughs> um, yes, you have met, you know, one or 12 of my former playmates over the years. Yeah. The one that poured beer... On your... Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We won't go into anything else that happened that night. Oh, but. no, since since oh, no. Shara decided to bring it up. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, no, I was just... <laughs> we were out at the bar, and it happened to be a local bar near where I used to live. Ran into an old friend of mine uh, who was a dom girl that I played with. Well, I, I verbally sparred with, but played with once or twice. And uh, she ended up coming back to the apartment, and Shara was in the process of licking her pussy. And what can I say? She took a liking to me. Well, like many female dominants, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I have known a lot of female dominants who were just very much more into the humiliation aspect than the male dominants that I've known. I don't want to, it's totally anecdotal, but it just seems to be my experience. So, uh, it definitely was at the time I had my futon pulled out into the living room because well, we were we were having some fun in the living room with friends, and it was nice to just have a big bed out there between a couple of couches. 
Um, but I still had that out in the living room. You were down on that, and she decided to pour beer on you. And I had to fucking lay into her for pouring beer on my bed. Yes, you did. Never mind that you had, you know, didn't mind watching her do some other things to me, but that part was okay. It was the beer spilling that was a problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. fucking sleep on that thing. <laughs> and other things. And you liked everything else she did to you anyway. You probably liked the. Did you like the beer getting poured on you? Okay, let's move on to the subject. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you bring these things up, slave. I'm so glad you were a constant source of entertainment and amusement for me. Well, that's what I'm here Thank for. Thank you for reminding me to pour beer on you like a dirty whore sometime soon. <laughs> okay, next subject. We were... <laughs> we were talking about how women can make their guys feel better about small dicks. I'm, I'm sorry to the audience. I apologize for the sidetrack, but I just couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. But back I'll on hide to- that. I'll hide that bell next cleaning or back something. On, yeah, you wish. Back <laughs> on topic. Please continue. Uh. As I was saying, I've had larger dick and smaller dick, and I, you know, have to say that it hurts for me. Um, not that I haven't been able to do it or perform with it, but, um, I, you know, you're perfect for me. It's, it's, you know, I love sucking your cock, and I love, you know, when you enter inside of me, and it's just, it's perfect all the way around. And so for those men out there that think that their dick is too small, more than anything else, you have to be confident in yourself and know how to use it. That's the key is to using your dick properly more than anything else. Right. Do you? But do you have any specific advice for things that they could do to help their guys get over the Willy Conria? Well, number one, I think uh, sucking their cock always makes them feel more empowered. Because I don't know a man out there who doesn't enjoy having their cock sucked on. So this is this is the truth. I, well, I, that was kind of the, what was that episode ten? Everything is better with blowjobs. Any mm-hmm. anything you're dealing with with a man is better with blowjobs. You know, when you're sucking the cock, just take a moment to look up and say your cock is perfect. Or I love sucking your cock. It's just it's just right. It fits right in my mouth the perfect way. Or wh- whatever fits for your personality. Right, as long as it's true. Correct. It makes, it's got to be true. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm saying that she obviously really cares about him, and she loves his cock. Oh, yeah. She, well, she says she's having the, having the best, best sex of her life. So. And I think and you, you mentioned when I read what you had said, you mentioned to her that to let him know that, that it's been the best sex ever. And, and I think that that's important for him to know. Absolutely. And if you're going to use my plan of action, I sincerely suggest you take the plus 10 best girlfriend ever points <laughs> oh i and say it in front of somebody else i agree because there's Absolutely. nothing there's nothing that says i love you baby like telling your guy he's got a big dick in front of his buddies <laughs> i agree <laughs> all right so uh lastly on our listener mail topics we have kirsten mm-hmm. who i know you have been uh well we both been corresponding back and forth a little bit with on mm-hmm. the website mm-hmm. um what since you are very familiar with her situation what do you suggest well i kind of wrote on the uh i think it was the bathroom wall um, or the confessional, I'm trying to remember now. I think that's the bathroom wall. <laughs> okay. Um, Neither one's appropriate for whatever filth and villainy, but <laughs> the confessional's a little bit more aimed towards confessions and not, you know, requests for advice and stuff. First of all, um, I think that everybody likes the perverted mom out there, so I don't think that there's anything wrong with loving sex and wanting it rougher and all those things. So everybody has their own way of enjoying that. Something that Bill Maher mentioned on his show this week, I believe it was Bill Maher, uh, he said, you know, people get all up in arms and women don't want to be called slutty, but there's not a woman in the world who would be upset about being called a MILF. 
<laughs> it's true. It's okay to it's be true. a MILF. It's okay. You, I, I doubt I could find a woman you could walk up to and say, you know what? You're a real MILF and have her get pissed off about it. <laughs> well, and, and I think that, um, for her, it's, um, you know, she's really enjoying things right now. And, um, she mentioned that she obviously is a mother. So in writing to her, I found out that she has, uh, teenage kids. So I said, I suggested possibly going away. Um, because number one, if you're out of your home environment, you're more apt to let the slutty side of you come out than if you're at home. Uh, and oh, I. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's nice just to, I mean, it's like a mini vacation, you right. know, for whatever, for the cost of a base. If all you're going to do is fuck in the hotel room, you know, you can get a decent hot tub room for not all that much for right. a night or two. Exactly. So one night, two nights, get away. And I'd suggest for the first time getting away for a couple nights, so you can really relax, go out and have a nice dinner or have it, you know, have the food brought in. And then I told her to, um, suggest having him tie her up and giving him a, a blowjob. Uh, cause she had mentioned about, um, I think biting on his nipples and that he did not seem to yes. be into that. And he might not be into that, but I don't know any man that does not like, again, getting a blowjob. So, you know, baby, would you tie me up and then, you know, force me to do a blowjob on you? I think he'd be all over that. Yeah, that's that's likely to go over pretty well with a lot of guys. Hey, baby, tie, tie me up and fuck me in the throat until I can't take it anymore. You know, that that's we're, – we're good with requests like that. Don't even have to go out and buy restraints. I'm sure he has ties at home or, you know, just some... Oh, absolutely. When we do the bondage episode, we'll start talking about MacGyver bondage. Well, you've seen me do plenty of MacGyver <laughs> uh, bondage. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's amazing what can be bondage gear when you're creative. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, and maybe another thing I, I'd recommend is uh, have a tube of your lipstick and ask him to write slut on your ass or, you know, something like that. Cause that's always hot. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I then like when, that. when he turns her over and puts you on your knees and he's taking you from behind and he sees slut written across your ass or he could write my slut, whatever, you know. Well, you, you put a lot of thought into this, haven't you? <laughs> I want to help. I want to be helpful. Now, they would not have known I was blushing at That's that one. That's what the bell's there for, know, so they know. Sometimes I think they know ahead of time. This time I thought I was going to get away with it. But but Turn. then you realized you were sitting next to me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot I was sitting next to you and your hand was going to reach over and reach that bell. So, anyway, I hope some of those ideas help Kirsten because... Uh, I think that it's great that she's uh, having the time of her life right now, and I. Oh, absolutely! And it is. It is definitely to be encouraged. And I knew you would have some reliable <laughs> advice, considering you also have a completely overactive pussy that's yes. wet twenty four hours a day. Wet and throbbing, especially right now for some reason. And I'm not quite sure why, but yes. Well, probably because you're talking about somebody else's wet throbbing <laughs> pussy, and we know what that does to you. Well, I kind of been this way all weekend, so I'm not sure, you know, but. Wet and thriving, yes, I admit it, and I love it, and you know what? Take advantage of every moment of that, because not every woman out there has what you have right now, and a lot of women wish they did, so. That's right. Well, the, the high sex drive plus the guy who seems to be, you know, happily going along for the ride and just trying to understand what's going on a little bit better. Exactly. So I say enjoy it and draw him in and let him have some fun with it. And I think that you'll find that he'll enjoy himself. Yeah. If he's, if, and considering he seems to be totally not into pain, cause you know, a little, a little hard nibbling on the nipples is a good, is an excellent barometer of that. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if he totally didn't like that, you'd probably not terribly likely to enjoy something, to enjoy a whole lot of anything else. But, um, as I mentioned, that's actually a good thing. You know, she needs for, for what she's looking for, she needs him in the driver's seat. Right. And I think that 
tying you up and you know, forcing you to do a blowjob would be something that you'll enjoy, yet it's something that he doesn't have to worry about himself. He's going to enjoy that, I'm sure. Over time, if he decides, if he is comfortable with the dominant role and he starts exploring it, you know, especially by listening to the podcast, uh, the BDSM episodes of the podcast specifically, and there will be episodes on bondage and spanking and targeting some other things a little bit more directly. But uh, if you can get him into the dominant role, most guys, when presented with the opportunity, are happy to take it. Exactly. And then she also mentioned that they're teens, and so it's harder to have that playtime around the house. Oh, they, they know everything that's going on. They do. But you know what teens also know, and I can speak from my own adolescence, teens know that their parents are easier to deal with when they're getting laid a lot. <laughs> that's People true. who are fucking a lot are happier. Your teenagers already know you're fucking. And once they come to the conclusion, and they will do it naturally, that you are both nicer, happier people when you're fucking a lot, they will clear out for you. <laughs> Another good thing for them to do is there's a lot of good movies out there today so that are still PG rated. And Hell yeah, teens. pay them to go to the movies. That's and right. You drop them off and then they're going to, you hopefully right by it, there's a pizza place or someplace they can go get something to eat afterwards. And, and you buy yourself four hours. Yeah, easily. And and then, you know, you're going to go back there and you're going to pick them up. So one of you is going to be at home relaxing while the other one goes back to pick them up. And you know, you know you're in the control seat because... You're going to tell them when you're picking them up. That's an excellent idea. Excellent idea. Well, I've had to give some of that advice to some of the submissive groups. So So enjoy and keep us posted and let us know how it goes. So is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners on anything else that we covered today? No, I think that we kind of covered everything. I just want to say thank you again for listening. And we hope that this podcast is always helpful. And thank you to our listeners. All right. Well, thank you as always for joining me. It's always my pleasure. I know. <laughs> Love you. Love you too, baby. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. And just a few more things before I wrap up for the week. We found out this week that another therapist is using this podcast as part of treatment for patients with sexual issues, and that's awesome. From the beginning, I hoped this project would make the grade as a therapeutic tool, and it's great to know it's happening more and more. I've been told by one of these therapists that the show is great for them because I say all kinds of shit that his patients need to hear with bluntness that he just can't get away with in a professional setting. He has them listen to the show, then come back to discuss the given topic in subsequent sessions. I would, of course, invite any therapists out there to use and abuse ending the sexual dark age in whatever manner might be of assistance to your patients. In fact, if there's something we can do to further that goal, feel free to let us know. On the same note, if you're a sex educator, therapist, erotic author, enthusiastic, amateur sexologist who's an expert on any aspect of sexuality, and you'd like to share your expertise with the audience, feel free to give me a shout. This year, I'm hoping to have a lot of interesting interview guests on a variety of topics, and I would be happy to hear you pitch whatever you've got going on. As always, anyone should feel free to join in the conversation by posting anonymously on sexualdarkage.com emailing jvaltheros at gmail.com, or calling into the listener line at 517-376-3116. A lot of you have already been having some fun and finding a little bit of relief on the confessional page on sexualdarkage.com. Starting with the next listener mail, I'll be reading some of those fun fantasies along with whatever entertaining discussions might accompany them. You can also find Shara and I on Facebook, Twitter, and FetLife through links on the website. And if you have iTunes, do me a favor and give me a good rating or review to get the show out to more listeners. 
If you'd like to share the show with someone who isn't hip to podcasting, every episode is available through the Flash players on the website without downloading a thing. If you've got an Android phone, be sure to check out the Ending the Sexual Dark Age app in the Android market, the only truly convenient way to keep up with the show on your Android smartphone. I also want to let you guys know I will be taking next week off from the show. I've got a couple deadlines coming up fast, and I want to give the stories I'm working on my full attention as I send them on out the door. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a show on homosexuality and bi-curiosity to get ready for a show on group sex. Until then, this be me, J.V. Altharos, reminding you that sex is one of the greatest things in life, and there is always room for better.